On this episode of the Pack It Up Pod, we talk about the Packers getting a first round. Whoops, never mind, we didn't make the playoffs, so we're going to talk about the season in review. If you haven't already, hit subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at the Packers Pod. On the fake, Rodgers lets it fly, has Watson, he's got it! Hey there, everybody, and welcome back to Pack It Up Packers Pod. This is Ryan, joined as always by Josh and Dan. Hello, gents. Hey Ugh. there, guys. Hey there, guys. <laughs> so this that happened. This is the worst. I like that we gave ourselves enough time to recover, though, before getting back on the microphones. I had to. I, I literally didn't want to talk to you two for like two days. I, I was so mad after that game. Oh, but we did talk. <laughs> <laughs> Were we mad? We'll start it. Were we mad? Yeah, I was, I was just sad. I was just sad. Yeah. I think I was more sad than angry. Maybe I'm the only one out there, but I was kind of like just content. I was like, eh, we weren't winning the Super Bowl. So I was back to that draft pick vibe. I guess the one I said, it was loser talk and good thing we're not talking about it anymore. I quickly pivoted back to like, yeah. <laughs> At okay. halftime. At halftime. <laughs> no, I, I, I was sad. I mean. Yes, when I look back at it after the loss, you know, Ryan's point of we would have just gotten crushed by the 49ers anyways. Yeah, that probably would have happened. But if they came out and beat the Lions 40 to 10, don't tell me Packer Nation and the national media wouldn't have been hype about that game going into the 49ers in San Francisco. But is what it is. The Lions, as always, I don't even know why we pick the Packers to beat the Lions anymore. Every year, it's at least a 50-50 shot. This year, they beat us both times. Because we're homers. We're here to pick the Packers winning. Better coaching. Mm, Way to to go, Campbell. We could talk about that. We could talk about that today. So we're heading into an offseason. An offseason where we could look pretty similar. Or an offseason where we could look dramatically different. Let's do let's do a little recap of 2022. I think we came in with some superlatives and some wild, crazy, who would have thunk it stats, which I sort of love because I do this in the fantasy football league that I'm commissioner of. I like to send an email at the end of the year with just who would have thought looking back on this trade, that person was definitely the winner. You scored the most but finished under 500. Sucks for you. And I kind of want to do that with the Packers. So I think we've all done a little bit of research. And within superlatives, we're going to throw out some stats. They're like, what? Huh? Oh, maybe that's why we didn't make the playoffs. So recapping slightly, we finished the season eight and nine. We had a beautiful five games in a row uh, that we the wheels fell off and we managed to bring it back a little bit, fell short. The good news is we picked 15th in the 2023 NFL draft. If we would have won reverse places a little bit, we would have picked 20th. So we bump up a nice five spots compared to where Seattle ended up. So, 
Hey, that's, that's a solid our, like first and second trade to pump up five spots. That's that's pretty nice. Very much so. Uh, little side note that I will not stop laughing at, no matter how many times I look at it. Denver bottoming out only get to give their pick to Seattle at five. <laughs> New Orleans moving up to get Olave, which then gives the Philadelphia Eagles the tenth pick in this year. That sucks. I mean, I forgot about that one. Yeah, the Eagles yeah, are going to be good for a while. Yeah. So there we until are. They pay, uh, even until they pay Jalen Hurts seventy million a year, and they get stuck in that contract and can't afford anybody else. Uh, the only other one of note I want to say is Detroit has the sixth and eighteenth pick. So. Well, they they need it. Damn it. Damn it. So let's start on a high note, and we're gonna have a lot of different randomness thinking back on the season. But who would you give this season's Packers MVP to? Josh's favorite Packer. Number 23, Jair Alexander. Oh, boo. He is MVP because I (laughs) firmly believe not in like the highest statistical producer, although on defense you could say by leading the team in interceptions he did that. But – if you remove one person from this team, how far does the team fall? That's how I position an MVP player. And what the defense went through, if they had ever lost Jair or Jair wasn't playing up to Jair's standards, that defense would have been so much worse. When he wasn't uh, locking down wide receiver number one, it was Joe Barry's fault. Uh, and when he was playing well, he was making tackles. He was. He got beat once or twice, but if you remove him from the secondary, that eight and nine record is completely different. So my MVP was Jair Alexander. I'll accept it. I mean, wow, bringing the energy here, boys. <laughs> no, I'll I'm, I'm, I'm joking. On, honestly, I did not like his play at the beginning of the year. We're I aware. think most of that was <laughs> Joe Barry, but as soon as they started letting him lock receivers down and playing man press coverage, look at how aggressive he got. Look at how much he helped in the run defense on the outside. Yeah, good pick. But my MVP, there's a caveat. There's there's one person before he got injured and then the person after he got injured. Oh, my God, he's picking two already. Rashawn Gary before he got injured, was easily our MVP. He was blowing my mind again. He was, I think, number one or number two in pressure percentage um, per per, uh, past our study. He was on the field. Um, The dude can create pressure even when he's not getting sacks. So we greatly missed him after he left. I think if we even had him for this run, it would have been a different story. Um, But after the injury, Keyshawn Nixon. That's when they finally took the reins off him. He took off and he brought an electricity that was missing in our team and a couple few kickoff returns. And look at what happened to this Packers team. Look at what happened to the fans in Lambeau. It was fun to watch. I hope he still has some of that magic next year. Um, But yeah, those are my two. In terms of Nixon, he had in total – between kickoff and punt returns, 1,150 yards combined wow. in and the previous two seasons. In the previous two seasons, 
On kickoff returns alone, as a total squad for two seasons, we were at 1,154. He was four yards behind what the Packers kickoff crew did for the previous two seasons combined. His uh, kickoff return touchdown was the 31st in Packers history, but it's been 10 years. Actually, I think it's 11 years since Cobb did it. So everything. I mean, he's already had the sixth. Six most return yards in Packers history this year. Oh, my God. And, and he re- didn't even play the whole year. He didn't even play the whole year. Yeah, half a year. And that's more return yards than our leading rusher had rushing yards. Correct. Oh. Mind yeah. blown. So the average uh, kickoff return for the past two seasons has floated around 18 yards per return. He was at 29. So he was getting over 10 yards Per return. And our offense still couldn't do anything. Now, <laughs> Holy shit. Now, exactly. I don't know if I could give him MVP because it's a nice value add. It's a nice boost. Correct. But does your team dramatically drop without a kick returner? I guarantee you we win a couple of those games earlier if Amari Rodgers wasn't back there fumbling the ball. That's because Amari Rodgers fumbled. So you're saying least valuable player is no longer <laughs> on this team. Yes. Uh, agreed. Agreed. My MVP, it was, man, it was interesting to think about. Uh, I I went back and forth. I think I might end up just saying Aaron Jones because he was the most steady the entire season. And there was games that if he would have gotten the ball more, if he wouldn't have gotten a little banged up. I mean, he was running with a purpose this year that I've I've never seen. I think you could make a semi case for Watson, who single-handedly won us games during that hot streak that he had. But Aaron Jones, I mean, he did everything he was asked for. Uh, I read an article today that we're going to try to attempt to restructure his deal to open up $11 million next year. But I wanted to end on this question. How many less touches... Did he get this year compared to last year? We keep talking about it. Give him the ball. Give him the ball. Give him the ball. How many touches less? 36. Negative 100 because he got more. He got more at plus 50. Everybody assumed that, well, we got to give him the ball. We got to have a good ball. We we did at an average of three touches per game more. So sorry, everybody. If I thought uh, that was the it. dumbest guess in the world, <laughs> but I was right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think huh. Aaron Jones is probably like the the easiest pick. That's why I brought Jair to the table as like someone else. If if there was like a team award show at the end of the season, the players probably vote Aaron Jones. Not just yeah. the steadiness, the production, but the fight through the injuries to still produce at the end of the year. What what a baller. What a baller, thirty three. Yeah. And and don't you love when they say they're gonna try to restructure the contract? So this is the way that works. He's due twenty million dollars. And you can say instead of like a $10 million roster bonus and a $10 million salary, he's going to give it to you. You can say the minimum salary for a veteran is a million, rounding up or down. Who cares? We're going to give you $19 million over the summer, and you're going to play on a million dollar salary. Yes or no? Yeah, man, I'll take my money now and, and and have a small paycheck. That's fine. Like what player says no to that? So yeah, we're going to be able to restructure him, save $10 million, and keep him knocking on wood because uh, we need that production. Well, and he's that type of player. <laughs> Someone else who's handing the ball off to him. 
takes oh, all her money. Oh, I don't know who you're talking about. Ooh, interesting that you bring that up because my next question was, who was your big old poo-poo platter of the 2022-2023? You, you go first, Foose, on this one. I, I this question or answer would be uh, Aaron Rodgers. I'll save that for Josh and his 10-minute spiel on why this man needs to get off the island. But I'm going to say Rasul Douglas. And I, I know that it's a little harsh just because you're going from uh, – he played out of his mind and we knew he couldn't get up to that level. But it was just – it. I know he's fourth on the team in tackles. But when you have a guy that you're expecting to be a playmaker, I just felt like there's a lot of times where it just quite didn't get there. So probably so, could have said Savage. Uh, there's a lot of guys. I'm going to just go Rasul Douglas because even if he had a steady year, I think he, he adds quite a few stats to that line. I think you're a little harsh in that. Uh, yeah. Surprising. The, I, so what I feel about the defense, uh, honestly, I'm, I'm disappointed by most of the defense, right? But you could, you could just say the whole defense disappointment, even though they, the statistically they were okay. Um, I think Joe Barry just set them up for failure to begin the season. And then it took them, you know, changing what they had planned going into the season completely to pull off what they pulled off. So I hope they learn from it. I hope that they use the strengths that they have because they tried to do something different than last year. And last year they played aggressive. They played under with the safe safeties covering over. They blitzed more. I mean, and those things just weren't working this year. They they had off coverage way too much. But yeah, I think you're a little harsh on. Is that your biggest disappointment, coaching? So I I had three listed. <laughs> I had coaching as an honorable mention. Lafleur is mine. Lafleur is Lafleur himself. Because he's the head coach. He has the say over what others are doing. And when we are in week six and your defense is still – who knows what they were doing, honestly, up until week six. No one does. Um, and you don't say anything. You don't step in. You don't relinquish your play-calling abilities because the offense is struggling so you can help the team recover from whatever funk it was in. Like he needs to understand that being a head coach is more than just calling offensive plays and scoring points. And yes, I love him as a play caller and I hope that he recovers as a play caller. But if things like this happen in the mid season, you have to make changes, especially when we have the roster we have, like there's no excuses for some of the teams we lost to no excuse. So was that your first pick or your honorable mention? Nope. That's it. That was Rogers. Rogers. I just, I, he's not the biggest disappointment. Um, I think he he Ooh. played good. He was hurt and played hurt, um, and he played like a normal quarterback. And you see what happens when the Packers have a normal quarterback. He did play like a mid-tier quarterback. Yeah. Uh, the, the stats I was pulling out, I was looking at all of our passing stats, and everything was just like 10 to 18th in the league. Like that's that's not what you're expecting when you pay a guy fifty eight million dollars though. Um, uh, I can agree with Lafleur. Um, it I found it I found a lot of similarities with the Vikings season, 
to our 13 and three seasons with LaFleur where, you know, your faults, even though you're winning, you're like, Oh, our line is weak on the right side. Oh, our defense sucks. Oh, our special team sucks, but we're winning, but we're winning. So we're going to win the Super Bowl. And just like the Packers get early exited by the 49ers and have special teams punts blocked, the Vikings have a terrible defense and it gets exposed by the New York Giants, not even the best offense in the NFC. And I just felt like that the coaching style of like, we'll go through the year and as long as we're winning, our problems aren't problems. Uh, maybe he got a, a cold glass of water on that one and understood like your problems need to be addressed quicker than they were this year because you figured some things out at the end of the year, but you spent so long doing things that made no sense. Amari Rogers, 1A. Um, I, I actually had a different biggest disappointment, but then I just realized like the obvious has to be called out because I think it was so obvious that we hadn't hit on it yet. Darnell Savage. I mean, th- this guy was expected to make a jump. This guy was expected to show that he's the heir apparent to Amos, who's aging out in contract situation, says he might have to leave. He was so bad. Darnell Savage was so bad. He got benched as a safety and retried as a nickel and benched again and only got back on the field as a safety because like three other safeties got hurt and he had to get back on the field and he made some bad plays against the Lions that in a close game cost you the game. He was so bad and we are stuck in such a bad contract with him. Stuck in such a bad contract. Why didn't he tackle? Like, I just don't like he did. He get his shoulder broken over the summer and no one knew about it. And it's just tender. Like literally that man avoided tackles better than anyone I've ever seen. Maybe he's got a big marketing deal with head and shoulders, but it's not his contract year. Next year's his contract year. He doesn't want to hurt. doesn't want to hurt his shoulder for head and shoulders campaign. (laughs) I don't know, man, but you're right. I totally for I honestly already forgot about him. Um, yeah, and that's unfortunate because we're paying him yeah. like $16 million. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we can't get out of Savage, it. Savage is the correct answer. Savage is the correct answer. Here's one that I didn't even think about until I just pulled the stats halfway through Josh's. I think you could probably put an honorable mention next to Sammy Watkins. Not even saying that he was going to be a one, two, or even three receiver. He had 13 receptions. On a team that desperately needed veteran <laughs> 900 something yards though, right? to work out. <laughs> I know. Yeah, 900 yards. He couldn't figure out the offense. Oh, there. And it's LaFleur's yeah. offense uh, who he used to be with. Like, But then he went to Baltimore and caught a deep pass in the first week. So it's like maybe we weren't making it understandable for him. It is Rodgers. Uh, so the two I had listed before <laughs> I realized we had missed Darnell Savage. Darnell Savage and Sammy Watkins are probably the, the – Best picks, I would say. But uh, I had actually initially wrote down A.J. Dillon, which was kind of weird to say as 770 yards and seven touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Looking back on this initial write down, I'll put it in the Rasul Douglas category of being a little harsh on the man. But I just expected a little more. I expected a thousand yards. I expected some rumbling, bumbling, tumbling, Mike Allstott, boom, 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 Kuiper type of runs. And I actually expected like a couple breakaway runs even. Not yeah. that he had like. I'll get, I'll beat you to the edge and break away. But like I rolled over the linebacker and housed it and those kind of runs didn't happen. And he's still young. It, it was a little harsh to rate him as a disappointment, but he was my first pick. And my honorable mention was Tunyon. 
because of his comments coming into the season of I want to be the best, I'm buddies with Kittle and Kelsey, and we're going to be the best in 400 yards and not the best. He played scared. He played scared at the beginning of the season. He didn't want to get hurt. And maybe it was just a flash in the pan with his double-digit touchdowns the one season, but this offense has never been good for tight ends. And by this offense, I don't know if I'm talking about LaFleur's offense or Aaron Rodgers, but I think it's Rodgers because it went to McCarthy days too. So I hesitate saying, you know, draft that tight end that I love uh, if we still have Aaron Rodgers, but you'd probably only have him for one more year and then that tight end can be good for a decade. So, And then Jordan Love will make him famous. (laughs) Well, plenty of time. If anyone hasn't caught on yet, we're doing our best to avoid the 12 situation because there's going to be plenty of time to talk about that. You're going to hear all about it. I actually listened to Andy Herman of Pack-A-Day Podcast, did a nice like 40-minute podcast recently about why we should trade Rodgers, and it was well thought out. So go listen to that if you want Rodgers talk. We're going to, the smartest thing. We we're going to talk about everybody else. We in the same else. position, and that's the worst-case scenario. But we're going to talk about everybody else. <laughs> I do think it's harsh with Dylan and Tunyon, and it might be recency bias because towards the end of the season, they felt like they were getting in a groove. Granted, we were winning games, and that probably was a big catalyst of that. But Dylan's second half of the season was much different than Dylan's first half of the season. But and that pretty much coincided with Elton Jenkins moving over to left guard, didn't it? Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Tom. Oh. Tom. Yeah. Oh my God, Tom. I'll stick with Darnell Savage. So... Do we want to talk? Maybe this is more of a, a brief statement. Is there one person on this team that you go? I mean, this is kind of a loaded question because it's like most improved and stuff like that. Obviously, Christian Watson goes from oh my god to oh my god. Uh, but I wanted to talk about this player a little bit. We we've talked about a lot of players on this team. This guy in particular, I would like our honest opinion heading out of his rookie season. Quay Walker. Led the team in tackles, was also ejected for two games for pushing people that aren't even playing. Do we worry that he can't control his emotions? This is a young guy thing. Are we worried about his inability to really? He did struggle against the run at a lot of times. Like, what do we make of Quay Walker, positive or negative? Beautiful rig- rookie season, but emotional. And I, I, he understands as soon as he did it, he's like, God damn it. You know, like <laughs> he, he knew yeah. it. Like yeah. if he didn't know it, like a perfect or other people Ooh. who defend themselves. Yes, I would worry, but I, I like this guy's passion and he wants to be the best. You can see it. He can be, he, he does need to improve his tackling. He does need to improve how he hits the holes his blitzing came on at the end of the year, which was beautiful. They need to use him as a pass rusher next year. Um, but, like, I love him. I absolutely love him. Yes, there are going to be some bumps and bruises. You know, when when you're playing emotional like that, that happens. Um, so, yeah, just discipline. That's why I want Lafleur to give up pass calling so Quay Walker doesn't get ejected anymore. That's that's. Wait, what's the correlation between those two? <laughs> Because Lafleur will crack down, discipline that defense. I agreed with like everything you said until your last statement. I was like, you just completely lost me. <laughs> well, maybe I'll cut that. I don't know. 
Man, name dropping. Yeah, I don't know what. I don't know how the uh, QB coach now overseeing the defense is uh, is going to work out, but it it reminded me of a child when Lafleur had to say like it's the second one that gets caught. It's like I was a younger brother. It's the younger brother retaliating to the older brother starting some shit that it made me always get caught, right? And then the older one's smart enough to get the rookie to be the second one, right? Said so it was veteran moves on rookies. It, I think that were frustrating him just the little nuances of the game that we don't pick up on. And then to shove a trainer and to shove other players, the thing overlooked about shoving the trainer was he was checking on his former college teammate. Like he had a personal relationship with the guy on the ground. So he probably felt like he was being shoved by a lions player. It didn't check to see if it was a trainer. We don't have to make excuses for it, but I just did. Uh, but to compare it to Vontez perfect, yeah, that, that would be a gigantic leap, and his production for a rookie was awesome. So I'll look past it, especially because his storming off the field, uh, kind of like throwing a hissy fit like like a child, has kind of become a meme, and he's got to live with that now. <laughs> <laughs> he will be a, made fun of probably first day of training camp. Being that. a professional athlete with a negative meme out there that gets heavily used is is not a good look, and I think he's going to want different memes out there. <laughs> Maybe like him blowing up running backs. I don't know. Yeah. So is that your most improved, Quay Walker? No, I, I think it's Watson because Watson, you can mm-hmm. see his not only – knowledge of his own body and what he's capable of doing but the system himself uh, just yeah i think that's the easiest one by a mile i was just more interested in your guys' thoughts of quay walker because when he was good he was good when he was bad it was it was questionable all things considered for a rookie but yeah he manned the defense while devondre was out so i I think overall happy with it just short of impressed happy with it uh my most improved I, I gave it to a unit, the special teams. Thank you so much. You figured shit out. It took a while, but we didn't have to hear about the punter when the weather got cold. We were excited to watch you. The holds were reasonable. Even when Crosby didn't have a leg, the operation The operations went smoothly. Uh it just it just happened like it's supposed to. Just special teams with special teams. There was MVP in Josh's book on Keyshawn Nixon. I wasn't even looking for that. I was just looking to not lose his games. And for the most part, they did that. So most improved special teams. It was a low bar, and you cleared it. Oh, shoot. My my most improved was someone that I did not think would take so long to catch on. Another rookie, Devontae Wyatt. Um, rough go hit at the beginning of the year. He looked bad. He looked really bad. He, he was getting pushed back. He looked like he didn't know what he was doing. Um, and he got benched and, but towards the end of the year, he started to figure things out. He got the pass rush going, ended up with a sack and a half, one forced fumble. Um, but I, I just really started to see him move nicely within the interior of the defensive line, sort of help out with the run. Um, I, I'm excited. I hope this this defensive line just sort of let me down. I it's not up there because you know you had your high performers with Kenny Clark, Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, meh, you know. But like, I feel like we should be able to dominate. I I really do. And and if they don't next year, I'm gonna be so let down. Even with Slayton, like, oh come on guys, you can do it. It's their time. We don't need Lowry back. 
Yep. Kenny Clark is still good. What's funny is all three of our most improved were not just most improved from last year if they were on the team last year. It was most improved from week one to week 18 because they all had slow starts and they all improved. And Ryan, to your guide, he was clocked with the fifth fastest time on the year on a, ru- on a rushing touchdown. 21.72 miles per hour. Like, we got a real weapon in that guy. And that's not even talking about how much we love Dobbs in the first eight weeks of the year. You can be pretty happy with the rookie class when you talk about the production from Wyatt, Walker, Dobbs, and Watson. Four good players. Yep. And they're and only going to get even better. talk about our boy Kingsley. Well, we Sixth, think, seventh round pick to... I like Kingsley. Damn. As, as a role player, I love Kingsley. Uh, I like... um good enough for a fifth round that had to start uh but josh your statement was they're only going to get better uh eric stokes is online too looking for a little mm-hmm. quick conversation that could have been the biggest disappointment of the year man uh, no, no one brought him up he he was nowhere near as bad as kevin king okay but he was a lot worse than what he was in year one and then he that's okay for- that's happens when you have really stellar I mean, he was he was amazing year one. He locked down everyone. Who was worse, Ryan? Eric Stokes or Russell Douglas? Well, it's tough because Stokes was just injured. He was just injured. How many games did he even play? I don't even know how many games he played. Nine games. I mean, that's that's a lot of the year. <laughs> enough to know that he was having a bad year. Mm, yeah, he could have turned it great. around. You never I'd rather I would rather have had Rasul out there. All right. Yeah. So your your biggest disappointment you'd rather have out there than a different guy. <laughs> yeah, I just I, think I Eric still just looked off this year. I don't yeah, know. I he did. I just yeah. he just looked off. Yeah, but he did. Look a step slow all year. P for like a two game stretch. Rudy Ford had uh Going from a person I didn't know, Rudy actually had some moments for this year. Not we don't have to spend any time on him, but three three ints like pretty pretty solid for not knowing who he was about uh, five months ago. Love him as a backup. Yes. So last kind of question is we're gonna look into our crystal ball, and you cannot use the words Aaron Rodgers. But what is the storyline that we are going to hear in August that is going to run rampant? This is a fresh – we came out of the season. We don't even know who we're going to draft. But what is our takeaway that you go, oh, boy, this is what you got to be excited about in the offseason? Oh, I know who we're going to draft. I know. The crystal ball. The tight end out of Notre Dame. Hey. He is the storyline of the offseason. Honestly, give give me him. Give me him. And there's two other tight ends that I would take also. Dalton Kincaid uh, out of uh, Utah and Darnell Washington, Washington out of Georgia. Um, They all, every single one of them will be amazing in the pros. Possibly, you know, they'll have that tight end year one where it's a little slow to begin. But, I mean, we barely got anything out of the tight end position as is. Yes, Dan, you said Rodgers doesn't use tight ends, but hopefully whoever we have next will use a tight end (laughs) because normally above average quarterbacks love tight ends. So I I think it's a no-brainer. If he's there, the Packers have to choose him. The only other position that I see us moving in on is possibly – 
a very disruptive pass rusher on the edge. Mm-hmm. Um, we definitely need some speed rushing. We have a lot of power rushing. They can push push the pile, but we need some speed around the edge and to cut inside. So, but yeah, tight end baby, Michael Meyer, and we can all like wear Halloween costumes, you know, with a Notre Dame jersey over. This is like a fantasy world. I got other people talking about wanting to draft a Notre Dame player. I did see mock drafts at Darnell Washington out of Georgia and Kincaid was a projected second round pick. And I'm like, mm, you could convince me either one of those are also a good pick if it means we got another stud at another position in need. So, yeah, I'd, I would love a storyline around a new young tight end that uh, shows promise because DeGuara's back and he was functional. Mercedes, the rumors look like he might even come back, which is wild <laughs> to be doing that. That job description at 38, 39, like, I can't even do a two-mile run on some days. I'm too He's tired. He's <laughs> yes, it's insane. Uh, I'll, I'll jump into mine. I think the storyline of the offseason needs to be, has to be, the safety position. Amos has been good, fading into fine territory. I think you could debate what he was this year. Previous years, I'd put him at good. Uh, but his contract is in a spot where for a, a cash-poor team, you may need to look at that and let him go. Uh, Darnell Savage is the biggest disappointment of the season by far. Uh, Rudy Ford and Keyshawn Nixon are nice role players in the secondary overall, but you really don't want them starting. So what do you got? Vernon Scott was on the IR and has been released by the Packers. So what do you got? Rasul moving over to safety? You got nothing is the answer, ladies and gentlemen. You got nothing at safety. So can you draft a a branch out of Alabama with your first-round pick and go get Kincaid in the second round? We'll have plenty of time for draft talk. Jordan Boyer. I think you need to go sign a safety, and you got no free agent money, and you never do anything in the free agent market. So that'll be fun to watch. I'm fascinated with what they roll out week one at the safety position. It's a good one. Bomb Bell. Hi. <laughs> Marcus Epps. We never pay for free agents. <laughs> or Just throwing ideas out there, boys. I am going to go and say that if there has ever been a year in which we will hype up a wide receiver crew as being this young dynamic offense, it will be this year. Because I do believe in the first round with that 15th pick, we look at a Jordan Addison at a USC. We look at a Josh Downs out of North Carolina. We look at a JSN out of Ohio State. I think this is the year that they go, Rodgers, you flipping flopping? Guess what? We got you, especially if it's JSN or uh, Josh Downs. There's your slot guy. Done. I think Cobb comes back for a veteran minimum. I think you all of a sudden. Yeah, I'd, bet about, I'd bet money on that storyline. We we have we have Watson coming back eight pounds more muscle. And you're going, guys, 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 guys. If you want a dynamic young wide receiver crew, we are now in a position to do absolute damage between Dobbs and Watts on the outside, a JSN downs Addison run in the center and underneath. That will be the storyline of Packers break the streak. First round draft pick goes to a wide receiver and the guys, they're going to be workout videos. 
there's going to be stuff where you go, <laughs> I am legitimately there's excited gonna be workout videos. about what this receiver queue It's going to be do. like – And uh, I'm – it's crazy that you bring up Kincaid because I actually think he falls in the second, and I wouldn't be totally surprised if that is also a pickup that we do. So I'm, I'm blown away that we uh, – we are matching on that side of things. It's going to be like a Tyler Lockett and um, DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf, and they were working out when he got done. And DK oh. Metcalf and AJ Brown were posting all those before the draft and everything. Mm. It's going to be like that. It's going to be like that, boys. And their white jerseys. Flexing. I know we're not allowed to talk about it, but if you traded a quarterback <laughs> for another first round pick, you could do both of these things. I'm surprised no one mentioned uh, – uh, Josh mentioned it in passing, but pass rusher, you know, outside D-line kind of position also needs dramatic help. So there's a, lot of, there's a lot of interesting storylines, and we all know that all the national media will understand about the Packers is talking about 12. And we got a lot of other areas that we got to address. Why did he have to say what he said? Even like, Alan uh, – we're not talking about – even Alan Lazard. <laughs> Is Lazard coming back? He is such a sound, like fundamentally sound wide receiver that is a huge asset in the run and pass game. But can you afford him with our salary cap problems? Because Lazard, Lazard is keeping a cap friendly deal. Why would he? Yeah, that's the thing is like Cobb, you're going to get to next to nothing. Mercedes, you're going to get for next to nothing. I think it really comes down to are you willing to invest in Tunyon? Are you willing to invest in Lazard? You don't have both to invest those guys. Much. Both those guys mm. think that they're going to make more money elsewhere, and they probably can make more money elsewhere. I could see Tunyon coming back because he does love the Packers and he's buddy buddies with so many. I could see Lazard mm. being like, they're going to give me $1 million more. I'll I'll go there. Who's their agent? Either either one of these guys got Scott Boris as their agent because then we're screwed. Lazard's no. such an interesting – Or What's his name? Uh, Darren something. Who's that power agent? I haven't heard his name in the – Lazard is such an interesting conversation, though, because there are so many teams who need an Alan Lazard to take their run game to the next level. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, he's sort of like a Heinz Ward, you know, type wide receiver. If he could ever get the production up just a little bit more, I mean, like he could make some serious. I mean, he's so close. And honestly, from where the hell he came from. Nobody knew his name, and we were talking about him here and there on the podcast about, hey, watch him, watch him. He's 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 got talent, but like, it's impressive to see where he's where he's come. He, he's worked hard, and man, he's yeah, fuck, he's fucking ripped from the Jaguars now. practice squad. Yeah, they made a heck of a career, making four or five million dollars a year. Like, who would have ever pictured yeah. that as his potential? Great story, great story, nonetheless. All I right. Love- Forever. Before we sign off, you got anything else, Ryan? Otherwise, I got a quick before we sign off. And then we can let everyone go into the abyss of the offseason. No, I think that's, okay. that's all the stats Bo- they had. Bonus content. We said we weren't going to talk about it. You get one word answer. No expansion on that. Oh, is, no. is 12 back next year? Oh, no. I say no. No. Ryan. Ooh, yes. All right. Yes. Two for no, one for yes. Wait, we'll I wanna, wait, 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 I want to no, change my answer. I want to change my answer. Yeah? That's <laughs> oh, hedging. <laughs> no, you got to say it like you're high on ayahuasca. Yeah. I, I, what's that? There for? you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was it Hatman? Is it Hatman that he sees in the distance? Oh. <laughs> Did you hear about Batman? this? 
Hatman? He's seeing Hatman in the distance after his last two trips. So down to, uh, Who's Hatman? Tom Brady? No, it's just a shadowy figure, man. Nico Moon? <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll follow up with that. That'll do it for. Producer. Yeah. That'll do it for not only this episode. We do it end of our third season as a podcast. I liked the first four season. Four season? Man, COVID messed you up. Four seasons. Done four seasons. Oh my God. All right, well. Shysta. All right, well, until the until then, uh, thanks everybody. Go back there.